Hey everyone, this is GDP producer Lexi Matthews here with another quick little GDP minute. And you are currently listening to GDP, the director's cut season seven of the golden hours podcast. And, uh, we are here with a breaking news episode for you guys. We have a little interruption in our regularly scheduled programming. We have Connor jumping in on the pod one more time to, uh, tell us a little about uh, this big breakthrough we've had in the film, a bit of a falling on bad times and then rebuilding um, a really great story. I don't want to reveal too much. So uh, that's all I want to say about that. Um, we're still working really hard, getting all these interviews in, uh, trying to release stuff every week, uh, dedicating a lot of time to making sure we're telling the full GDP story of this movie. Um, and in addition to that, we kind of caught up in Connor with Connor and how he's doing mentally, you know, like how's it been juggling all these different obstacles and making all this work. Uh, and then we talked about some fun stuff like parks and rec and the take care album and uh, stuff like that. Um, so this is a little bit of a shorter one. I hope you guys enjoy. Thank you so much for following us, following along with us on this journey. We're having a lot of fun documenting it. Uh, and we really appreciate you guys listening if you get any enjoyment or value of this at all all we ask is that you please share it with a friend and uh, keep tuning in for more gdp content we uh hope to see you guys back next week okay enjoy golden deer productions golden deer. oh oh wait was that not it hey, enter just you forgot to enter okay nice double clap signifies the start of the end Okay. So egotistically, I asked to run an episode today because a lot has been hanging in the balance with this production and things are going right. And anytime something's going right with a project like this, you're like, oh my God, when's it going to go wrong? But so much has gone right thus far that could have gone wrong that I just want to document it because I truly feel like the fact that Jack and I are completing this project is for a greater purpose. And I don't mean that like, Oh my God, this is some sort of divine intervention, but I feel like we need to document what's going on here because I feel like people can use it in the future. So, um, truthfully it's been, it was very hard to communicate with the owners of the theater at first because this isn't like their main business. Dude runs, he's a, like a big shot somewhere. Nicest dude ever. Name's Jigen. Come to Apple Cinemas. And it was the it was easy for me to get all the off-site locations ready. So we filmed all of our flashbacks. But the on-site was the hardest thing to close down. And it was like one of the most important things with the film. Because this is where like most of our film takes place. And so we're killing all of our offsite shoots, right? We're like totally slaying it. Jack and I have like really good momentum. We're having really good shoots. And then out of nowhere, I text the manager here and he's like, yo, um, I forgot to tell you, we're, we're supposed to be in here in like two, three days, right? We have all of our stuff planned, like all the offsites done. Now it's time to go on site. So we get all the onsite ready. And then the, I get a text from the manager saying like, oh, I forgot to tell you the theater is closing down. Oh gosh, you have no clue how that felt. I don't even know what that. Oh, so in my head, I'm like, I can't tell everybody this. Obviously, I got to keep this concealed because I don't want to freak everybody out. And in about 
we have about 45% of our movie done. We have all the shots blocked out here. Everything is blocked out. We are ready to go get in here. When I say blocked out, I mean like Jack and I will come on set beforehand, like two, three days beforehand, and we'll take like iPhone pictures of every shot we have to get. So all the meticulous planning is done. All we got to do is shoot. Now out of nowhere, it's just like, goodbye movie. What was your first thought? I was just, no, what's funny is I was like, Jack, listen, things are going good right now. Something bad's going to happen. Didn't I say that? Yeah, you said it other than I was like, listen, I, I promise you there's going to be one more curveball. That's just how this stuff works. There's always something. And I'm glad we've been doing this for so long because we know that's how it works. The world's going to fuck with you. It's going to hit you with a clothesline. Are you going to get up or are you going to get knocked out? Definitely knocked out for at least 12 hours. Oh, so um, we get in here. On a Wednesday, we have a really productive shoot, a really great shoot, and I'm in directing mode. I'm not in acting mode. Then we move. We have a, an extensive shoot the next Thursday with all these flashback scenes, and it's a pretty big set. We might have like 12, 13 people here, I'd say, and they say, hey, the owners are coming tonight. And so what happens is I'm like, I've talked to the owners. You know, I've, I mean everyone will find out, but I showed up to the owner's house now like three, four times and I left him letters. Like, please let me film your, my movie here. Please, please. I, I was doing it for months and I never actually met him in person though. And so the owner showed up while we were shooting. And then I came in here, nicest guy ever, literally the nicest dude ever. And Jigen, when you hear this, Thank you a million for letting us use your theater. We're creating an awesome movie, man. So I'm nervous. I'm like, I got no clue what this dude's going to say. Right. I don't know. And we have a conversation. I'm like, I'm so sorry that your theater is closing down. And he was like, yeah, we're hoping that theaters are going to reopen come November when major motion pictures open back up. And I was like, yeah. He was like, how much of your movie's done? I was like, we probably, we have probably until like mid-October left. And he was like, okay. So there's this moment, my heart's beating. What's he going to say? How are we going to have to work this out? I'm too deep in this thing to quit. We, I know we're too far to just quit. He was like, you just have to communicate with our employees and have them come open the door for you. And you guys can finish by mid-October. And I'm telling you this all because at the time I didn't know if we would still be here shooting. I did not know. I didn't know how we were going to adapt. And additionally, I had a conversation with myself and in the parking lot. And I said, Hey, listen, if there's a God out there, this is when I find out the news I'm parked out over there. So listen, man, if there's a God out there, I swear to God, I will document the entire come up of GDP as clearly and as transparently as I can for the rest of my life. And I will donate all the information I have to everybody and I'll be completely vulnerable. If you just give this to us, I had that real conversation. You guys are going to call me crazy. And then he did or some higher power. And so um, that's why I want to run this because I feel like we have to show what's going on here. So now you have to be like the Edwards. Ugh. That's all you got for me? <laughs> well, I just think it's important. We got totally blessed. You did. 
Oh, that was my story, guys. How was it? It was good. You put me in there. It didn't make it sound bad enough. The thing was is that we were being told that like people were getting fired. We were like hearing all this terrible stuff. It wasn't just like, oh, the theater's closing. It was like a lot of bad stuff. Yeah, it was like the theater's closing. We don't know when it's reopening. Our employees are going to be getting furloughed, blah, blah, blah. The 1% good story that could happen happened. And it was, I think it's because I had a conversation with myself, aka the higher power. And I said, this is what I'll give to you. I'll do it aimlessly. I'll throw my body on the line. Thank you so much. So how do you feel now? I feel like we had an awesome shoot today. And I feel like. Is this your first time back to the theater? No, no, no. We've been here. So we've had some really productive shoots. We honestly don't have that much left. I mean, what do we have? Like eight, nine days, maybe. Probably like eight or nine days left. There is a big action scene, which is going to require a lot. So it might be a two day. But um, when we were running the podcast, I'm, I love the podcast and I love growing it, but I miss this creative space so much. And I miss working with actors and trying to get funny moments on camera because it's what I started out doing. I didn't start out interviewing people. That was just me and Jack liked branding. So that's kind of where we got Jack and I've been telling ourselves we've wanted to do this for so long. I said, I want to do it since I was 16 and now we're doing it. And you like look around and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe you obsess over something that long and you're there. It's really weird. And honestly, I could be like selling the shit out of myself right now. And then we make this movie and it's like terrible. Like what if in the edit room you guys watch you're like, what the fuck did I just watch, man? That was fucking awful. But Nonetheless, I think the story of pulling it together is pretty special, man. When I first interviewed you and Jack, like, I guess that was a month ago now, maybe, you said you uh, wanted this to be like your your Drake album. Mm-hmm. Do you think you're accomplishing Not yet. Okay. I, th- I think... Was it? Take care. I think, um, I think there are moments in the script that are really honest that I think people are going to be like, wow, that, uh, that helped me out a lot. But maybe I'm just overthinking it too. I think in my mind, I think I'm like this awesome writer, but then like it, and then it, people acted out. And I'm like, damn, the writing was not that good. <laughs> I, I honestly think the screenplay after like reading through it and like seeing it act, I'm like, damn, we really just combined like 15 movies into one. What do you mean by that? <laughs> I think you just draw inspiration from a lot of things. And so like there are certain scenes in here that, I've seen a million times, then I'll flip it and kind of put our sauce on it. Like, Ex Machina was an original Drake. Have you guys seen that? Yeah. Ryan and I were talking about it the other day. Awesome. Awesome. How about, how about that scene where like the, like the Asian chick stabs him in the abdomen out of nowhere and you're like, Oh my God. And the way that movie was lit with all the lights and that like underground silo. Oh my God. I haven't seen it yet. S- same director? Yeah, same director. And then that director also just released a Hulu series over Christmas. Don't remember the name of it, but Nick Offerman's in it and is one of the best shows I've ever Nick Offerman. Parks and Rec? Yeah. But he plays a very dramatic one. That's all I've been bumping the past four weeks. No way. Hey, Riley and I are binging Parks and Rec. What season are you guys on? We're on four, I think. Yeah. Rob Lowe's character is the funniest character ever written. Rob Lowe's a 
Beauty in that show. So, you know, she's like 65. <laughs> you got a boyfriend, man. Okay. <laughs> He's like, you, that is literally the best idea I've ever had. <laughs> He's like, my whole life, I've trained my body, but now I'm going to train my mind. I'm going to go to therapy 15 times a week. Have you seen it before? <laughs> no, it's the first time. It's literally hilarious. You just got to the part where Paul Rudd joins the show. Oh, you, you guys are going to love that because of the politics tie in. We um we've seen it both a lot of times. Our roommate Sean has never seen it. He's probably loving it. He yeah. adores it. Yeah. yeah, Paul Rudd comes in. Um, what's that really funny scene when he loses by twenty-seven votes? He's like, "Yeah, go Leslie, awesome." Uh, oh yeah, how about when uh Leslie pulls up with her tour bus and she like backs into the statue? Yes. <laughs> and she's like, "Oh God, that writing is impeccable." I think Riley's a lot like Leslie. Do you want to get into politics? Oh, no, no, no. No? A little bit, no. I wanted to be a political speech writer for a really long time, but I'm a poli sign minor, and it is the thing that makes me want to die most of my life. Politics? Yeah. So, politics is just leadership. Yeah, I just don't want to be... I'm, I'm not responsible enough to be in charge of... <laughs> Except yourself. No. Not even? No. That's what mom's here for? No, my mom needs to do it. Okay, my fault. <laughs> I, want to be the White House I think you'll get there. That's my goal. I think you'll get there, but it's, awesome. I think it's got to be a candidate you believe in, though. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think, I think you both are very talented in what you guys have been doing. I've been very impressed. One, the of course. Well, I've been listening. listening. Yep. What do you listen on? SoundCloud. Um, no, podcasts, Apple Podcasts. I've been very impressed by your initiative. That's one of the hardest things is trying to get someone to talk to you. Not easy, but good work. And we'll get, now that you're set up here, it'll get easier. Do you have a favorite episode? So far? Oh, time, we, time to go. Time to go. All good. That's my guy. David, you want to come on the mic? I would, but my mom is here. Okay. Hey, we're, we're going to wrap right now and get out of here. Okay. Okay. You got it. All right. You're the man. Thank you, bro. Um, we're wrapping out, right? Yeah. We're going to wrap up. Um, but you guys are cool. We'll give you the shoot schedule. Sometimes the shoots run later. Um, but cool to be set up here. We won't film in here and then you guys can just come in say, Hey, we're coming to set to interview some people. That'd have to be a scene in the film, right? Or a moment in filming. it. I don't know if there's a Marvin's room in, there's no like emotional stuff with chicks in it. Um, that'd be a Marvin's room. But uh, in Drizzy, I mean that with all due respect. <laughs> you know, I love you, Drizzy. Wouldn't do anything without Take Care ever. Um, I think the ride, the the song The Ride, I think would be close to the Jimmy scene. Actually, yeah, I think the ride would be close to the Jimmy scene. Like you don't feel me, you know. Now you know what it's like. Yeah, I love that question. Was this a good interview? Yes. You know what? I had a lot of fun. Cool. I'm glad. Jack, did you have fun? Yeah. Connor, tell us what the interview on. The what? Oh yeah, I've been sending it. You yourself? Well, the, well, this is the thing. It wasn't until I started, everyone realized how hard I was going with the acting. As soon as I get out of director mode into acting mode 
where the set was actually inspired, I think. I'd agree, wouldn't you? At first, it's like, okay, he's producing like a well-affected movie, but when I started sending it, everyone's like, okay, this dude's going crazy. <laughs> like, what the hell? I got a, I think I might have torn my hamstring, got a, probably a level two concussion, and I got bruises and smashes all over my arms. Yes, sir. But hey, we got to get out of here so David J doesn't kill us. All right, thanks for listening, guys. And wait, is this is my GDP's director cut, something like that. You've done what? Yeah. Who, who runs this company? GDP, so disorganized. <laughs> Whatever this is, man. I'll see you guys in simulation. Out.